0: Hey guys, live and underway here on ESPN Plus, what is episode 274 of this fine program alongside Hercules Gomez, I'm Sebi Salazar. Herc, how are you doing out there on the West Coast and show me what you're wearing under that very, very professional, very corporate jacket, I must say.
1: Thank you so much. This is a little something I picked up. It was sent to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's nice. You look like Xavi, first year La Masia. What's going on?
0: Look at that bad boy. Look at that. Well, we got La Liga season kicking off this week right here on ESPN+. Plus. So, very corporate Seb of me to don the gear. Uh, my mom wanted to point out this is not authentic. She bought this in the RFK parking lot about 25 years well, ago. Well, look at so that. It was your mom's and
1: now it fits you. It looks a little
0: snub. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you. All right, lots to get to in this show, Herc, including... Lots of trash talk. we got trash talk in and about the League's Cup. We've also got some trash talk about the U.S. women's national team. We've got our picks for Inter-Miami against Charlotte, quarterfinals of the League's Cup, coming up. Plus some big transfer news. Tyler Adams of the U.S. men's national team heading to Chelsea, of all places. But let's start with some shocking news, Herc. A big-time star from PSG wants to come to Major League Soccer. No, I'm not talking about Lionel Messi. I'm talking about Neymar. That's right, the 31-year-old Brazilian has been linked with a move away from PSG. Fabrizio Romano reporting that Neymar has proposals from Saudi club Al-Hilal as well as Major League Soccer. Now, which team or teams are unspecified? Neymar has a contract with PSG through 2025. Good reminder from our friend Charlie Boehm. Major League Soccer's secondary transfer window has closed. Has closed as of August 2nd. Now, here's what Neymar had to say about MLS last year. I believe this was on a Twitch. Yes, a Twitch with the original Ronaldo. Quote, I have some doubts about finishing my career in Brazil. I'd love to play in the U.S., actually. I'd love to play there at least for a season. Again, he's 31 years old. Is Major League Soccer the right spot for Neymar?
1: Yes. Now, hold on a second, okay? Uh, Neymar is still an exceptional talent, and he can play on many yeah. top teams around the world. Top leagues around the world, okay? No doubt about that. He can continue playing at that level. The problem is these top teams around the world, the Real Madrid's, if you will, the Barcelonas, uh, the, the, the cities, the arsenals of the world, that type of team is a little hesitant on taking a chance mm-hmm. on a player like Neymar, even though he's only 31 years of age, even though his numbers are very good, even though for my liking, for the better part of a decade, when it's been Cristiano, when it's been Messi, it was Neymar just a tear underneath. Mm -hmm. All that said, they're hesitant. If you are MLS, and even if you are Neymar, it's just too much of a perfect fit. This is a man who doesn't seem like he cares for that line, like he wants to be in that type of environment, like he wants to be in the best team in the world and continually say, you know what, I wanna be that guy. He used to be that guy. He used to be one of the best players in the world, but he doesn't strike me like he wants that type of challenge. Major League Soccer now with the inclusion of Messi has opened a lot of doors, a lot of Mm -hmm. eyes. And if you can get him in the right market, the right team, three years before another World Cup, he's 31 right now. I'm not saying he'll play the next World Cup. I'm just saying maybe mentally, physically, you keep him spry enough to want to play in said World Cup. And I think he could do a lot of damage in Major League Soccer. Yeah.
0: Is MLS the right move for Neymar? Yes, absolutely. 100%. To your point, the big clubs in Europe don't want him anymore. And his ego is not going to let him go to a smaller club in Europe. So what does that leave him, realistically? Saudi Arabia and Major League Soccer. And I think what we know about Neymar are two things. One, he doesn't need the money, right? Last year for PSG, just his salary was 40000000 million. He's been making around that for six years. That's how long he's been in Paris. So that, plus his marketing, plus everything else that he made before at Barcelona and beyond, you know this guy doesn't need the money. On top of that, Neymar loves the lifestyle here. We know he's vacationed here. We know he loves the lifestyle in the United States. He told us, we just saw the quote, that he wants to play in Major League Soccer. I think From Neymar's perspective, MLS is perfect, Turk. I think the bigger question here, or maybe the better question, is Neymar the type of player that you want to go get if you're Major League Soccer? There's two points here. One, he is not Messi, right? He's not Messi off the field. He is not going to bring you in the big dollars. He's not going to bring you in the subscriptions. He is not that guy. So I don't think he gets the same treatment in terms of contract, potential ownership in the future, all that stuff. He is not Lionel Messi. It's super important to point that out. In any team that thinks he's going to give you that same type of off-field bump is crazy. And the other thing here is, her he doesn't have Lionel Messi's attitude. In the same interview that he just did there with Ronaldo, if you go on a little bit further, he's kind of pressed on why he wants to go to MLS. And he says, oh, I get a three-month vacation, referencing the long off-season. I think there's a risk here with Neymar that there isn't or that there wasn't with Messi.
1: I'm sorry, did you just say, are you trying to question Neymar's popularity and, and him moving the needle? You know he's like yes, the third compared most to followed. Messi, yes. You, you don't know,
0: you don't give him a stake in the you don't give him that that TV money. I'm, you not, don't give him a I'm stake not giving him a stake in not Apple. That guy. I'm not
1: giving a stake in a team, okay? okay? There's there there's two players in the history of the game that Major League Soccer could have done it to maybe three and, and they got two of them, okay? Neymar is like the third most followed athlete on Instagram. He's got a massive following, man. Yeah, and and I be I mean, the, the amount of disrespect that Neymar gets from people like you is ridiculous. The man is a straight baller. You just you're said the big clubs him. in Europe don't want you're, him. The big clubs in Europe, not Major League Soccer. You don't think he's going to come into Major League Soccer and just wreck Major League Soccer? Come on, like Seb. Messi. You, saw, Re- like you Messi. saw Ricky Pooch, who was being doubted, come in and wreck Major League Soccer you defenders. you're going to say that Neymar is going to have will show a problem with Evacation Major League Soccer, mode soccer mode defenders, In, in Major League
0: Soccer when Seb, in if vacation the time in
1: Paris? Listen to me. If you're Major League Soccer, you do what it takes to bring him here. Mm. It's a unique moment in time where you can have two of the best of their generations, one of the best ever, if not the best ever, playing alongside in the same league. If you can make this happen, you make it happen. From Neymar's perspective, it's perfect. You've already outlined beautifully mm-hmm. why. And from the Leafs perspective, <laughs> you do it. You will have to strike now while you can. Mm-hmm. Messi has opened up a world that you've not had before. This would be a lethal blow to those naysayers. Okay, okay. Uh, real quick, before we talk about the, the
0: teams, are you okay if MLS, because we know that the timing here doesn't really work out, right? He wasn't a free agent. But he's not a free agent now, or wasn't free agent before the transfer window closed, so you can't just bring him in, in theory.
1: Well, you can still bring him in. Is it,
0: is it in. worth MLS just breaking the rules?
1: Well, it's not breaking the rules, because they, they can't break FIFA rules, right? It's not just breaking the rules. There are certain things you can do where he's employed by Major League Soccer, but he's not playing official games. He can be employed by you. You can loan him out elsewhere. He could even be here training, like Julian Araujo was with Barca oh, be, that type of deal. Okay, let's just say, uh, in a theoretical world, you can make it happen. Yeah. You make it happen if you're Major League Soccer.
0: Where do you make it happen, Herc? Who should be the team first in line? Who has Neymar's discovering rights, or who who should have them?
1: Well, uh, Lequipe, the the, uh, French uh, outlet has actually reported it's one of the two LA teams, all right? So let's forget about who we think, who I think, uh, or the reports. No, let's forget the reports. Go with who, what I think, okay? It's (laughs) gotta be the LA Galaxy. The real authority. Now, listen for a second, okay? The LA Galaxy is borderline, they're bordering right now on being irrelevant in their own city. Irrelevant in Major League Soccer. The winningest franchise in Major League Soccer is flirting with that. For the better part of the decade, they've not done jack. They've not done anything. And the one thing they had going is the biggest of stars, the biggest of players in the world wanted to come to the galaxy. It wasn't LAFC. It wasn't Inter-Miami. It used to be the Galaxy and only the Galaxy. Now they have options. Now they have choices. You have to strike if you're the LA Galaxy. This is the move you need to make your club relevant again, Relevant again. excuse me, within North America. It's not been good enough, on the field or off the field. The Chicharito is of the world those are great. They bring market value, but if you can get a player like Neymar, which is as close as you can get to a Messi or a Cristiano right now in this market, realistically, that's what you do. You have to do it.
0: I respect you. I respect Le Keep. but let me just think of a world outside Los Angeles for a minute, because what you say makes sense. The LA Galaxy definitely need a big splash, and there's—I don't think you could do much bigger right now. Now that Messi's off the table, then then bring in Neymar. That would be huge for the LA Galaxy. But if I'm thinking about it from a league perspective, you have the LA markets doing okay. LAFC is doing some big things. you got nothing going on in the New York market. Between the New York Red Bulls and New York City right now, you have absolutely 0.0 interest in Major League Soccer in one of the biggest media markets in the United States. I don't know what has to happen, but something has to happen in the Big Apple or MLS. You talk about relevance, hurt. If you're irrelevant in New York, that's a big problem because you know where MLS headquarters are. That's right. They're in New York. I think New York City FC is the perfect place because, one, we know New York City FC has deep, deep pockets. They could afford a project and a player like Neymar. It might help them on the road to a new stadium, which, of course, they know. So if I were looking at it from a league perspective and I could inject one market with a superstar, I wouldn't waste any time. I'd put Neymar in New York City with New York City FC. However, Herc, in our production meeting, you brought up another team, another team in Florida, not inter-Miami. You don't want to see him team up with Messi. Where do you want to see him go?
1: I think it just makes a lot of sense if it wasn't a market like L.A. and if it wasn't a market like New York, it has to be Orlando City. It, It makes perfect sense with the demographic, the Brazilian demographic in Orlando, the relationship with ownership to Brazilian superstars, the players that they've brought in in the past, and you... Already want to make a rivalry game because mm-hmm. what we saw from Inter-Miami and Orlando, they don't like each other. It's it's organic. Now bring in another element, another superstar to combat, Messi. Messi has his nemesis, if you will, and it happens to be one of his best friends in the world. It's Neymar. I love the idea of Inter-Miami, Orlando City, City being relevant with Messi and Neymar. From a marketing standpoint, it makes a ton of sense. From a geography standpoint, it makes a ton of sense. The demographic is there, and it'd be a place that I think Neymar would be like, Yeah, I don't mind living in Orlando. I could see that. Okay,
0: Okay. all right. Get him over to uh, Disney World. I'm sure that'll seal the deal. More transfer news here, Herc, but we'll focus on the U.S. men's national team, and specifically Tyler Adams, who's set to complete a move from Leeds to Chelsea in the Premier League. Sources confirming to ESPN's James Olley that Chelsea's going to trigger Adams' $25 million relegation Release clause. Adam reportedly in London today doing his medical. Chelsea hopeful he'll be registered and available for their Premier League opener, which is Sunday against Liverpool. The captain of the United States at the World Cup is 24 years old. He joined Leeds from RB Leipzig uh, just about midway through last year. Herc, what do we think? Chelsea the right fit for Tyler Adams?
1: I hate it. <laughs> I, I absolutely hate it for him. I hate it if you're a U.S. Men's National Team fan that you got to deal with this situation again. Uh, Mm. I I hate it because it's not that I don't trust Tyler Adams and his ability to fight through the midfielders that they have right now. It's that I don't trust American owner Todd Boley, the new Chelsea owner, to make the right decision or decisions for this Chelsea club and put Tyler Adams in a situation and environment that's going to be good for him. Mm. And because... Tyler Adams himself is behind the eight ball, won't be ready till late September with that injury. He'll now be fighting off Flares and trying to recover in time or get himself in shape in time to compete with those players in a very, very heavy Premier League season. You can see the players. Enzo Fernandez, he's not moving. <laughs> Conor Gallagher, maybe. Uh, you can see Leslie Ugochuku. he was purchased for 27 million euros. There's a sea of young, very young talented defensive midfielders. And it seems to me that the biggest one is not there yet. Moises Caicedo, the Ecuadorian defensive midfielder. <laughs> It seems to me that if he goes, Tyler Adams is surplus. Tyler Adams right now feels like a, an insurance policy, if you will, and that bothers me for Tyler Adams with no European football for Chelsea, not enough games.
0: Yeah, so a couple things. Producer Beto just got in my ear. He said it looks very, very close to Moises are going to Liverpool, but it is clear that Chelsea is still interested in the player. That's a player that, that plays Adams' position. I've also heard that on top of that, they're going after the Southampton uh, defensive midfielder, Romeo Lavia, no? So both teams are kind of aiming at both of those players as their number one pick for that position. So when you get down to it, Herc, it it feels a little bit, to your point, you say you hate it, like a Polisic 2.0 situation. But you mentioned Todd Boley. Don't you have some confidence in Mauricio Pochettino? Isn't that a guy who you could really see Tyler Adams growing under?
1: I had confidence in Thomas Tuchel. I had confidence in Graham Potter. I had somewhat confidence in Frank Lampard for a player that I thought he would know. I don't mm. trust Todd Bowl. You could say Pochettino. Pochettino's, he's a good coach. Bielsa Tactics, I, I, think, I think Tyler Adams could, could do well in that. High intensity, you're, yes, he can do well in that if he's on the field. But to get him on the field with this team, and we've seen what this team and this owner does, just collect players, that doesn't breathe confidence for me.
0: Uh, Let me ask you this. I think it was when you were on vacation. We had Casey Keller on the show and we were talking about a potential move for Tyler. I don't think at the time uh, it was to Chelsea, but he actually said he wouldn't mind if Tyler Adams stayed at the championship level and stayed with Leeds. And we we know from the reporting from James Olley, it seems Leeds really wanted to hang on with him. Would you have been okay with Tyler Adams at this point in his career staying in the championship with Leeds? Or you think that would have been another bad, bad move?
1: Would I have been okay with the U.S. men's national team captain playing for the championship? A player that was with Leipzig, a, 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 play, a player that, what, semifinals of the Champions League, a big part of that run, a, a player who's mm-hmm. been highly touted everywhere he's been, okay in the championship? No, absolutely not. Okay, Absolutely not.
0: So give me his level. If it's not, if it's not Chelsea and it's not the championship, where would you want to see him?
1: If it's not Chelsea, if it's not the championship, I think he has the level to go play somewhere in Italy, Uh, a big team in Italy. I think he has the level to go play uh, mid-table teams, if not conference, Europa League level in the Premier League. Uh, I think he has that type of level. He's a level for a Chelsea? Sure, sure. I just don't trust Chelsea. But championship? No, I think Tyler Adams is too good for the championship.
0: All right, let's move on, but keep it on the theme of CONCACAF defensive midfielders in Europe. Edson Alvarez doing day one stuff at West Ham. Edson, of course, headed to the Premier League to replace Declan Rice, who just made the 100 million plus dollar move to Arsenal. West Ham, your Conference League winners. They also finished in the bottom half of the Premier League table. Alvarez will join West Ham from Ajax, where he won a couple league titles and one Dutch Cup. Here's Edson's first interview as a hammer. Let's listen in. Bit. and reading the reports it seems like you had a choice didn't necessarily have to come to West Ham there were a few clubs interested mm. I wondered
1: what made you pick West Ham
2: yeah as you mentioned I have a I had a few options not very very concrete options but for me it was very easy to to choose because uh, uh, the city uh, Premier League West Ham I know is a beautiful and big team with big supporters so for me it was very easy, I, I spoke with my wife, I spoke with my, a little bit with my, fa- with my parents, and they say, just go there and show yeah. yourself what you can do.
0: Edson making history, but not exactly the first Mexican to play at West Ham. No, actually the uh, fourth member of 3 to participate with West Ham, going back to El Guille Franco, Pablo Barrera, of course Chicharito most recently, and now Edson Alvarez joining an elite group. All right, Herc, we got a couple transfers to dissect. Tyler Adams are 24, Edson Alvarez at 25. Who do you think is under more pressure as they head into their first full season in the Premier League? Ooh, this is a good one. Sorry, not full season. Tyler already had a full season.
1: Well, yeah, it's full season for, for their new teams. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, this is a good one because one would assume, you know, Tyler Adams is $20 million, He's an insurance policy. There are a lot of other midfielders there. Like, maybe he plays some. Maybe he's not even guaranteed to play. Edson Alvarez will be guaranteed to play. He's trying to fill the shoes of a $100 million man, make that midfield his own in a much more physical, much more faster league that he's never experienced. Uh, the area divisi, if anything, uh, is not at that pace, is not at that level with physicality, and he plays a position that you have to be physical in. So you would assume that it's. It's an Alvarez, it, right? But I'm going to mm-hmm. go with Tyler Adams. I think Tyler Adams is at a critical moment in his career, critical moment right now for U.S. men's national team fans, where you've gotten to see at the national team level a little bit of life without Tyler Adams. And it's out of sight, out of mind, all of a sudden with some fans. You saw. Mm-hmm the dual sixes, if you will, of a Eunice Moose all of a sudden showing that versatility may play the sixth position differently, of a player like Weston McKinney uh, in that position who can play it differently. And you're starting to think, well, maybe life without Tyler isn't so bad. And and what will it look like if he slots in? Because if Tyler Adams comes in, that most likely means a Gio Reyna slots out. What can that be like without him? So I think he's under pressure to prove that he's – Tyler Adams, a captain of the U.S. Men's National Team, I cannot be forgotten. Mm. So I would put the pressure on Tyler Adams. Before we
0: dive too far into this, a little birdie told me that the people at West Ham are seeing Edson as both a midfielder and potentially a center back. What do you think about that? A that's, center back in the Premier
1: League. That's what he played at Ajax. And so it makes perfect uh. sense. No, if you think about it. That's, really? Yes, that's exactly. He would play the center. He would play the center back Different position. Different levels, and the defense. huh? That's fair. But that's what you brought him for because he has that duality about his game. I know what you're thinking. Being a center back in the Premier League, physically, that's very demanding. Does he have that physicality in his game? I do believe so. But I think that's part of the reason he is there. It's because he can play those multiple positions.
0: I think there's a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's a little, for, producer. Roberto yeah. <laughs> says that he's going to be with Harry Maguire. Uh, boy, the West Ham, by the way, on a on a shopping spree right now. Well, I think it's got to be Edson Selling. because he's got to be way. the guy, right? He's he's brought in to be the starter for sure. And then on top of that, you mentioned it. We talked about the the transfer fee on Declan Rice, right? That's a huge number. That's a legend at West Ham, even though he's very young. You you got to be the guy to replace the guy. That's a lot of pressure. And I get your point about it being a critical moment in Tyler Adams' career. I think it's a critical moment in Edson Alvarez's career. And I hear what you're saying, that the U.S. this summer proved they can exist without Tyler Adams. And maybe over the last couple of years, we we kind of thought that the team couldn't. I think what we also saw this summer was that the Mexican national team can function pretty well and maybe even better at times with Edson Alvarez. Oh, and that, on, to me, is also man. another tiebreaker here.
1: This is another tiebreaker That was for the me. Gold Cup against that I, competition. They
0: looked better without him. They look when he went into the midfield, the midfield looked worse. When he went to the back line, the back line looked worse. We know Jimmy Lozano doesn't exactly hasn't always rated him, hasn't always needed him, hasn't always put him first. I think you I think I think Edson Alvarez's spot in the national team is much more vulnerable than Tyler Adams. And for that, I think there's extra pressure on Edson as well. Do De- you think Tyler Adams' spot is is more in jeopardy than Edson Alvarez's?
1: Against better competition, I think it's harder to take Edson Alvarez out of that lineup if you're Jimmy Lozano. Um, I think the thing here is there's three in the midfield, and Gio Reyna is what everybody wants to see in that midfield. So hmm. who's the odd man out between Yunus Musa, Weston McKinney, and Tyler Adams?
2: Right, I think for so a lot that.
1: of fans, that, that judgment call has changed. Tyler Adams was a shoe-in, was a guy you penciled mm-hmm. in every mm-hmm. single time. I don't think that's the case in a lot of people's minds anymore
0: after the two games of the Nations League, huh? So you wanna throw out the Gold Cup, but two games at Nations League.
1: Well, you played against Mexico and Canada, your two biggest rivals, and who did Mexico play against?
0: Edson Alvarez going to West Ham, Tyler Adams going to Chelsea. A couple big moves for two of the big stars in CONCACAF. Let's run it back with more stars of CONCACAF present but really future stars malik tillman oh no sorry we won't get to run it back let's do malik tillman's news because he re-signed with Bayern munich right got a new contract to 2026 but he's actually hurt gonna go on loan to psv world team up with ricardo pepe you like it
1: i, I do like it uh good good fit for him great league uh, it's a step up from the Scottish premier league what about ernie stewart dips out in the u.s men's national team and takes everybody with him
0: Hillman is uh, 21 years old and of course uh, coming off that great season at Rangers in Scotland. He'll be with uh, Bayern or at least on the books there through 2026. Now it's time to run it back and now it's time for a goal from Luca de la Torres going for Celta de
1: Vigo against Compostela in preseason. Look at Luka. I, I, trust me when I say he is happy. He doesn't seem so, but he is happy. That's just what, that's what he uh, normally looks like, but he's a happy guy.
0: Compostela of the fourth tier there in Spanish football. De La Torre not the only hashtag USMN tier to score. Jordi Mihailovic, this one coming in UEFA Conference League action for Azed Alkmaar.
1: Yeah, things were getting testy. Puts the game away, comes on as a sub. It's a very good finish. That had some real pace to it. It's a good flick header. This is the first leg of the third qualifying round. Azed
0: winning. over a team from Andorra. La Liga starting this week. Looks like kicking off tomorrow. But boy, Saturday, we got a big one on ABC and right here on ESPN. Plus, Real Madrid against Athletic Club de Bilbao. Do not miss it. Coverage starts 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we got Barcelona against Getafe. Coverage beginning at 3 p.m. Eastern time. That one available exclusively in English and in Spanish on ESPN+.
3: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
0: Let's turn our attention to the U.S. women's national team, Herc, who have now been out of the World Cup for four days, and yet people are still talking about the United States and their historic elimination. The Americans out of the World Cup before the semifinals for the first time ever after getting KO'd. First moment when I heard that they were out, I was just thinking, yes, bye. Because, um, I mean, from the start of this tournament, they had already, a, like, a yeah a really big mouth. They were talking already about the final and stuff. And I was just thinking, you first have to show it on the pitch before you are talking. And uh, I'm not being rude in that way. I mean, I have still a lot of respect for them. But, I mean, now they are out of the tournament. And for me, yeah, it's a release. And uh, for them, it's, a, like, a thing that they have to take take with them in the future that, yeah, don't start to talk about something what's, like, far away, and I hope that they will learn from that. And, of course, Lynette Berenstein of the Dutch national team sounding off on the U.S. women's national team. Herc, they're getting a lot of criticism on their way out of the World Cup. Uh, What do you make here? Is this a get lost for the Dutch
1: attacker? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You reap what you sow. If you come in, talking a big game, you have to Back up your big game. The U.S. Women's National Team did not. In fact, for the better part of the last two, three years, all I've been hearing from you, Seb, is how mm-hmm. good this U.S. Women's National Team is, how they're going mm-hmm. to three-peat, how upset you were that there are no, or only one U.S. Women's National Team player on the top 10 in our ESPN top 50. All I have mm-hmm. kept hearing from everybody who supports the U.S. Women's National Team is how great they were, and how they were gonna 3 in this tournament. In fact, the whole getup, from the suits, to the dancing- Oh, to here the, we go,
0: here we go, old man arrogance, screaming at the clouds. To the
1: arrogance that we saw, that is all good and fine, Sorry, bro. I Tell am for your it. about
0: round of 16 exit at the World I Cup. I am for
1: it, cool story, if Men's you National back Deamer. it up. Because if you're about it, you need to back it up. And that's the problem. We wouldn't be sitting here talking about this. Everybody like, that's great. I love the dancing. That's great. I love the sharp suits. If you back it up. And when you don't, you open yourself up to this type of criticism.
0: Mm. All right. Feels like a little bit of uh, kicking someone when they're down. Also feels a little bit like one team hasn't gotten over the 2019 final. Because remember, we also had the comments from the Dutch coach before they faced off in the group phase, taking some... uh, Preemptive shots there at the Americans. Look, had Berenstein said this before that game, or even after that game, I might have had a little bit more respect for. it. But this just feels uh, out of left field and unnecessary. Shots at the team that is going hold out.
1: Hold on, Seb. Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold mm. on. A, you're okay. You're okay with the U.S. Women's National Team t- already talking about being in the final without doing anything to three years? I'll take credit for it. No, hold on. I'll take credit hold for on. Without I, even, it without even without even being without being at their what you've seen from them in the last three years. You're fine with that.
0: I mean, you you got to find the quote that you're referencing. I'm fine with it because, one, I'll take some credit for it. Because to your point, yes, I was one of the people that thought they would win again. I covered this team for the last couple of years. I was hyping them up. But beyond that, when we went to California and we did the interviews with, I don't know, nine or ten of the players, I asked every single one of them what their expectations were, and they did talk about it. It was championship or bust. And sometimes I put championship or bust in the question and made them confirm. But... I don't know what else they're supposed to answer because those are the real expectations for this team. If you have a quote where they say, oh, we expect to be in the final because we look down our noses at everybody else, that's fine. I have no trouble with the back-to-back champions expecting to win. I think it was a little weird if they didn't.
1: There's your quote. They were already talking about the final. There's your quote.
2: That's,
1: that's her all they quote. needed for bullets and material. Bullets and board that's material. That's all they needed. That's her quote. That's exactly the quote. exactly right. That's all they needed. That's all they needed to confirm, that this team thought they were better than they really were.
0: Mm. Well, last couple World Cups, they were better than everybody else. We have a women's soccer special coming away on ESPN2 Saturday morning. A full look ahead uh, at the semifinals as we uh, kick off the quarterfinals actually tonight. So we'll be on ESPN2 Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time for our next women's soccer special from the ESPN FC studios.
3: Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured... It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
0: From the World Cup to Leagues Cup, where you think all would be good. With Rayados of Monterrey, after all. They were pretty happy in the round of 16, advancing past their big rivals Tigres, thanks to a 1 0 victory. Of course, uh, Sergio Canales, the hero on the night. The players pretty happy right there, but Monterrey's brass, not exactly thrilled with how things are going in the league stuff. Here's our former colleague, Tato Noriega.
2: Qué muy descontentos, desilusionados, <inaudible> muy preocupados, tenemos muchos jugadores tocados y que se cambie eh, una fecha de partido que estaba para el 12 y se adelante al 11 con todos los kilómetros que son que tenemos encima. Eh, por ahí alguien me dijo, no lo he corroborado, porque Tigres y nosotros en ese orden, además, así somos los que más hemos viajado. Ahora nosotros siguiendo vivos y yendo hasta Los Ángeles, Vamos a acumular una cantidad de kilómetros que no se vale Y va a ser el quinto partido Mientras para Los Ángeles va a haber sido estando en casa Con sus jugadores, yendo a comer todos los días a su casa Con sus familias, saliendo al cine, descansando Y los nuestros están haciendo un esfuerzo enorme Me parece que hace falta muchísima organización Hace muchísima falta ser equitativos eh, Porque no quiero hablar de más Pero si avanzamos después de Los Ángeles, estoy seguro que vamos a ir al la a, a otro lado del país. Entonces, es una locura. Lo, lo ha dicho recientemente alguien de peso como Pep Guardiola. ¿no? Estamos eh, jugando con nuestra pieza más importante en este deporte, que son los protagonistas. Eh, y en este torneo específicamente ha estado muy disparejo. Y no solamente contra Monterrey. Eh, estoy hablando por todos los equipos mexicanos que, que han sufrido... Diversos eh, contratiempos. Eh, producto de la injusticia. Hay muchísimo por mejorar. Y ojalá lo hagan porque no está nada bien.
0: All right, I board They're uh, sounding off with some shots fired, Herc. Are they warranted?
1: Yeah, they're, they're, they're warranted from his perspective, but they're not warranted from a Liga MX perspective. And in fact, Tata Martino himself said it best today. You accepted the terms and conditions before playing. If you want to complain about it, go complain to the president of the Mexican Federation, who who himself accepted these terms and conditions. It's really what it's about. You knew what you were signing up for. I don't think it's fair. I I sympathize with Tato Noriega and the Mexican clubs. that have to continuously be on the road. Uh, Why these Major League Soccer teams stay. I understand the frustrations. You see two matches played, zero miles traveled, over 5,000 miles traveled Monterrey, who's not accustomed to this by any means. The, the flights and the distances traveled in Mexico to their games are not of this magnitude. You don't cross time zones the way that you do in Major League Soccer. Uh, but it is what you signed up for. It is what you signed up for. Now, Tato Noriega also mentioned he's unhappy with the changing of the dates. That I don't understand. You can say that there's a, an event at BMO Field, uh, the stadium here in Los Angeles where LAFC plays, uh, there's a concert, if you will. Uh, so you have to move the venue. I understand that. But why do you have to move the date? This really hurts a team like Monterrey, who has Bert Rame already injured. He fractured his, his ankle. They have a, a Funes Mori, who's not an optimal level. They have other players like Aguirre, who are still injured, the other forward. So they're running very, very thinly up top. They had to play a 19-year-old named Ali Aviles uh, at the end of their game because they don't have that depth right now with all the injuries going on. So I sympathize with that. But you knew what you were signing up for.
0: Um, they would get the winner of Nashville, Minnesota in the next round uh, after LAFC. How big do you think this Berterame injury is? Because I know you were hot on that on Twitter. When when we hear from Tato Noriega being frustrated, I think that's probably an undercurrent of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Listen, th- these Mexican teams have to play on this type of surface, synthetic surface, once, once a season. And they prepare for it. Th- that's it. They're one game. They're... There are more games in this tournament that they're not used to on synthetic surfaces. It can happen. It happened. It's a big injury to a big-time player that they have. I compared Hermán Berterrame to Tati Castellanos, who was the ex-New York City FC forward, who scored four goals against Real Madrid, who now plays with Lazio. He's a player that I rate very, very highly, and so does Tati Noriega and Monterrey. They are a different team without a player of that caliber what team wouldn't be uh, without one of their best players? It's an extremely uh, unfortunate incident for this tournament have to have one of the premier players in this region not play, but for their chances as well, uh, they're they're my odds-on favorite, Rayados, even with this injury. Mm. But they would be overwhelming favorites with Herma, uh, excuse me, Berterrame.
0: So you say Tato Noriega should be complaining to the, the Liga MX officials? I'm sure that these words through the media will probably get to Liga MX officials. Also, the complaints because he's not the only one from. Virtually everybody in the Mexican press, from all Mexican fans, I see your mentions sometimes on Twitter. I see your replies. People are furious that all the games here are being played in the United States. Do you think there's a future in Leagues Cup where somebody says, yes, for this tournament to be truly respected, for it to be valued, for it to, in many cases, not feel like a summer friendly, we're going to have to start playing some of these games in Mexico? Because I think no, no matter what, everything else happens. That's really at the bottom of all this frustration and complaining that we're hearing out of Mexico.
1: I understand the frustration, I actually agree with them. Liga MX is being used. They're being used for the nostalgia that comes with the Mexican fan. They're being used for the dollars that come with it. They're being Mm. used for what they bring in terms of attention. But it's not going to change. They're not gonna just say, hey, we're gonna go play in Mexico now. They may say, we could do locations what if we play some games in Monterrey and some games in Mexico City, but you're never gonna see a Carretero host a game. You're never gonna see an Atlas host a game. You're not gonna see those type of teams host a game. It's the reality of why you are here. You bring a certain something and that's all they want from you. And right. guess what? Your brass, your board, the federation officials, that's all they care about as well, is the bottom dollar and that's why you're there.
0: I know, I know, but we talk about, you know, it being a competitive tournament, it meaning something, there's a lot of money on the line. There's also CONCACAF Champions League spots on the line, right? So it has to be fair to some extent, I would think. But look, Liga MX Mekis themselves are complaining about League's Cup. In fact, so much so that they've released an official statement, Herc. How about that? Complaining very specifically about the officiating uh, at League's Cup. I'll paraphrase, um, but basically they're saying they're going to be following the matches, uh, um, focusing on the referees and VAR. They've already communicated with the Leagues Cup Refereeing Committee, uh, and they'll even be turning some of this over to CONCACAF for what they're calling corresponding analysis. Herc, if ever there was a moment that felt like a get lost on this show, it would be it, but I won't lead the witness. Uh, what do we make of this statement from Liga Amekis?
1: Get lost. And, and you know why? Uh, the, the refereeing has been terrible. It's an issue, but it's been an issue for everybody. Do not forget mm-hmm. the New York City and Atlas, the, the goal called back. Do not forget... Know what happened to new england there's there's been bad officiating just in general and guess what mm-hmm. this bad officiating officiating to in in this game happened to be a mexican ref and a lot of the bad right. officiating had to be happened to be mexican refs they're just bad officiating everywhere in concacaf that's just it, it is what it is but you have to get lost here because how convenient is it that this comes out when one of the guys who is the main proponent of the Mexican Federation, runs the Mexican Federation, happens to be the owner of the team that got knocked out in this certain moment, Club yes. America. And yeah. it's very convenient that now we see a statement from Liga MX. This is a massive get lost. And I, I would feel insulted as yes. a fan from another team. Like, why now? Yes, yes, but why now? Mm-hmm.
0: Right, right. If it, if it was only MLS refs, you you could throw this out there. But, I mean, it's... Um, it's just, it's just crazy. I, I can't believe that at this point that the league would come out and say, Hey, we have a, we have a problem with, with the referees. I mean, this feels like red meat to your base in a political campaign is basically what this is. We know that there's a lot of people mad about leagues cup. A lot of our fans mad about leagues cup. We're going to, we're going to be mad about leagues cup too, even though we're the ones benefiting from it and taking the, uh, the paycheck. So listen, Liga Mekis big fat get lost for their, I understand the fans,
1: I understand the fans. And they're completely right. If, yes, this tournament, yes. if this tournament was played in Mexico as well, like chances are there are a lot more Major League Soccer losses. And this is a rivalry. You never want to lose to the rival team, the rival league, the rival country. I understand this. I sympathize with the fan. That's what hurts the most. And you're absolutely right. Sure. It is unfair because there are CONCACAF Champions League spots up for grabs. Right. But guess what? They don't care about you. They care about the money. And that's why you're here. That's why they're here.
0: Uh, Life lessons from Hercules Gomez. They don't care about you. They only care about the money. I'll tell you what. Hercules Gomez cares about this show because he's always working. He's always grinding. And today he got us a great interview, actually, with somebody you've already heard from in this show, but this time in English. Tato Noriega of Riales. Let's hear what he had to say.
1: It's heating up. Jesus, El Tecatito Corona, the rumor mill has been going crazy. Has there been contact with the Tecatito
2: Corona? First of all, Herc, thanks for having me. And yes, we have been talking with Jesus. He's one of the uh, many players that we have been talking about, the possibility of coming uh, and play for Monterey. And we'll see how it goes. Uh, speaking of talented
1: players, um, you will play against LAFC. Carlos Vela is a very talented player. Uh, he's stressed his uh, desire to continue his playing career, whether it be in Los Angeles or elsewhere. Would he be a player of interest to a club like
2: Rayados? Always, always. In Club de Football Monterrey, we are always looking for quality. And when you talk about Carlos Vela, you're talking about real quality. So if uh, at any time he would be available, we would definitely think about him coming to our club. Speaking
1: of LAFC, your game this Friday, uh, here in Los Angeles at the Rose Bowl, can you stress of the difficulties that a team like Los Angeles FC presents in in terms of
2: playing style? I have to be honest, uh, I haven't seen them recently. We have been traveling a lot. I have been really busy uh, actually going to Spain for hiring Sergio Canales. Uh, But of course I'm aware that they're a very, very, very competitive uh, team. Uh, They're the champions and it's gonna be really hard, but I think we're gonna compete well and it's gonna be a very interesting game.
1: You know, Tata, you've got a good lay of the land in Mexican football, uh, and you're currently right now in a situation where you get to peel uh, behind the scenes and and get a good look at things. Is it at all concerning the state of Mexican football to you, especially coming off of a a disastrous World Cup? Uh, What is the state of Mexican football to you?
2: I don't think uh, things are that bad. Of course, we all suffered that uh, bad World Cup. But in the end, I think many other very uh, um, strong countries have been through these kind of situations. And I think the Mexican football, soccer, whatever, is strongly enough to go through it and become stronger for the next World Cup. I have no doubts we have enough quality, uh, enough uh, um, people who can make a turn and come back stronger. Uh, and lastly, and I thank you for being here,
1: to paraphrase uh, Tato, uh, excuse me, Tata Martino, the head coach of Inter Miami, he stated to the press today that pretty much the Mexican clubs knew the rules, they knew the terms and conditions before coming into this tournament, so they shouldn't complain. And if they were to complain, they should go complain
2: to the President of the Federation. Yeah, I, I've heard uh, Tata Martino's uh, words I admire him. I have been um, close to him. We have talked to each other. He's a very nice person. But uh, about what he recently said, I think he has not the whole picture of the situation because he's not experiencing it. Uh, And I can say he's wrong because we are experiencing difficult situations in terms of trips, food, uh injuries uh, many different situations that he's not aware of and the the most difficult part of everything is changing the rules we were supposed to play on the 12th here in la and we're now gonna play on the 11th so that was not part of the rules but here we are and we're gonna try to do our best
0: All right, Herc, great to hear from our uh, former colleague, Dr. Noriega, there. Anything stand out to you about the interview?
1: Yeah, it's very clear how hard done he feels um, for his specific team, Mm -hmm. Rayados. He didn't want to speak for Queretaro. He wanted to speak for the rest of the team, specifically them. They were very hard hit. He did mention that Charlotte was probably the only MLS team equatable to their uh, terms and distance traveled. He doesn't understand why they changed the dates, and quite frankly, I don't either. Um, it would have benefited Rayel extremely to have another day of rest. They're trying to get guys back. They're trying to get guys healthy. They're trying to get guys somewhat fit, and they understand that playing against LAFC uh, will be a challenge. Um, he didn't sound too optimistic about things changing in the future. I- I'll tell you mm-hmm. that much when it comes to this tournament. Uh, I thought it was a good interview. Good, good, what Good about by him.
0: Yeah, what about what he said about Tecatito? I believe Sevilla put Tecatito in their team for the weekend, so maybe some need for him over there in La Liga. You think he'll be a Realist player before long?
1: So, normally, guys like Tato Noriega don't speak on things like this. You know, I don't, I won't comment on a player who's not mm-hmm. ours. I won't comment on somebody who's elsewhere. Um, that wasn't the case. I asked him specifically, there's contact. There's been contact made. Uh, they're speaking to Tecatito Corona's camp. Tecatito Corona used to be a player of the Monterrey, Rayados and Monterrey Academy. In fact, Mm -hmm. the way he went out, the way he left the club, some would say was through the back door. He wasn't sold. He let that contract run out, and he dipped out. Now they want to pay good money for him. He understands that he's a player of quality, and I think they think they have a very good chance of landing a player like Tecateo Corona.
0: What do you think would be better for his national team career, going back to Rayados or staying in La Liga with Sevilla?
1: Staying in La Liga with Sevilla. Listen, um, I was always told this about playing in your domestic soccer as opposed to leaving. When you go abroad, they see the highlights. They hear how good you're doing. That's all they hear. The good. When you stay domestically, they'll see the good, but they will also see the bad and they'll see it up close. And at that age right now and he's not been a prominent player for the Mexican National Team. He's a prominent name but he's not been a prominent player a productive player for the Mexican National Team as of late. It's better to stay there and still have that equity.
0: Okay, so we'll keep an eye on Tecatito and a potential move to Rayados. We got a great rivalry Rayados Tigres in the round of 16 of League's Cup. It wasn't the only great rivalry that we got in the round of 16. Now we got the Philadelphia Union and the New York Red Bulls, the classic I-95 clash on a Tuesday night game finished 1-1 before going to penalties where Philly won, clinching their spot in the quarterfinals. Uh, Philly actually drawing Querétaro in the next round. with their uh, Andre Blake leading the post-game cheers. The Philadelphia Union happy after the game, Jim Curtin, so happy he was taking shots. Here's what he had to say about the New York Red Bulls. Quote, I think for a team in a group to be in 21st place, to talk and run their mouths as much as they do on the field, is something. Yeah, I'm giving bulletin board material, but I've kind of had enough of it. Said Curtin, went on to say, just be a little humble. When you're the little brother and you get beat up a lot, just know how to act. Uh, those quotes, via yeah, Joe Tangy. Uh, all right, Herc. Some shots fired there, no doubt about it. What do you think?
1: I mean, there's shots. There's shots fired. I just don't know if they're warranted. I, I, I don't know what he's. I mean, he's not making.
0: He's not making it up that the New York Red Bulls were talking smack on the field.
1: Were they? I mean, I, I don't even know if that's what he says. He, he, he said that, they're running their mouths. So, so Joe Tanzi, the guy who, the guy who is the Philadelphia Union beat writer. Um, he's not even too sure of why, why he's fired up. He asked Andre Blake about it, and they were kind of being coy as well, so we don't know if there was an altercation on the field, if there was talk before the game. It's not too clear. All, all you do know is that the Philadelphia Union have dominated the New York Red Bulls for quite some time, and that maybe the Red Bulls think it's more of a rivalry than Philly does, and that's why he's saying, hey, settle down. Hey, mm. you're, the little br- you're the little brother because you keep getting beat up, and you don't know how to act. Just sit this one out, I think maybe that's what he's talking about, but I don't know. It's coming out yeah. of actually nowhere to me, or for me, I should say, and Jim Curtin's a guy that I respect in this league, but now there's a. this is maybe the third or fourth time that Jim Curtin's landed on my, mm-hmm. oh, okay, shots fired, Jim Curtin. Yep. He's got a little heat in him. Yeah, sometimes
0: you know, you look at the quotes and you read between the lines. He says, I know this is bulletin board material and it's almost hurt like he doesn't care. And to your point, he has given other teams bulletin board material. But here I feel like that's actually not calling them little brother is the biggest disrespect, saying I'm going to go ahead and give you bulletin board material because I don't even fear you. I don't even fear you if you're motivated New York Red Bulls. That's what I think we're really hearing from Jim Curtin. He truly believes his team owns the New York Red Bulls and good on him if that's what he thinks and if that's what the records show which they clearly
1: do yeah by the way it was a tie game it was they advanced on penalties but obviously Uh, one team's going home one team's going on that's exactly what I was going to say and obviously it doesn't matter because one team's advancing the other team is not um I just don't know what he's so fired up about I I would love to know I would love to know it's it's a a rivalry game is it really a rivalry I think that's what he's getting at it's not a rivalry I think that's what Jim Curtin is getting at it's not a rivalry I think it's exactly what he's saying, but I would love to know what triggered that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: All right, Herc, time to book it. Let's make some money because, you know, I just had a kid and I am broke. We got the League's Cup quarterfinals coming up. Of course, the matchup everybody wants to talk about is the matchup that features Lionel Messi, Inter-Miami against Charlotte FC. Herc, I believe you have picked a parlay for us. Why don't you walk us through it?
1: Yes, a parlay for this game, and it's uh, very simple. Inter-Miami, money line, so they have to win. Both teams... Mm -hmm. Need to score. That shouldn't be too difficult because Miami cannot keep a clean sheet. I know they kept one against Atlanta, but you mentioned uh, earlier today in our production call because Thiago Almada missed that penalty kick and lost you money. It should have been I a did. goal I against. I did. I had both
0: teams to score. There I had both go. teams to score in that game. I was bitter.
1: And, and the easiest one of all is Messi anytime goal score for this prop or for this uh, parlay, excuse me, to hit plus 195. All three things are going to happen. Messi has seven goals and an assist in the what, four games he's played? He's yeah. absolutely changed this team, the way they play. I mentioned last episode that Messi can score four goals against the team, absolutely. But FC Dallas showed you the holes in Inter Miami's game. They're on less rest right now. This team is vulnerable. They couldn't keep FC Dallas out of the back of the net once, twice. Three times. It was four times that FC Dallas scored. I think this is a pretty good uh, parlay, and at plus 195, I will take that. Okay,
0: I like it. You've gone with the parlay. I've gone with a trio of prop bets. I was digging deep in the prop bets here. Yes, <laughs> some might say. So here we go. Okay, goal between minutes one and ten. Now, in the three games that Lionel Messi has started, he has scored in the first ten minutes. So the fact you can get this at plus 235, take it. Take it, take it. Second, Messi to score two or more goals. We also know in the three games that he has started, Herc, he has done what? He has scored a brace. Here are the uh, four players this year who have scored twice against Charlotte. Raul Ruiz Christian Ramirez, uh, Harry Mukhtar, Caleb Wiley. Guess what they all have in common? They're not Lionel Messi. Plus 135 to score two or more goals. I will take it. And then Inter-Miami total goals over two and a half. I got Messi scoring to somebody else. Somewhere on this team, maybe it'll be Robert Taylor who had the beautiful assist here, to Lionel Messi. Maybe it'll it'll be Joseph Martinez. Somebody will score that third goal for Inter-Miami who are going to roll, and I mean cruise easily, I believe, over Charlotte FC. So there you go. You got my three prop bets there. Plus 235, plus 135. And what was the last one? Plus plus 130, Herc. So I'm trying to make the good folks some money. If you really want to get wild, Parlay all three of those prop bets, and you have yourself a big payday. Herc, any problems with any of my props?
1: Uh, the, the fact that you pick three different bets, I think you need to settle down with the gambling you may have. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just really quickly, really quickly on this, uh, there mm-hmm. is there is one element that can ruin all this mm. for everybody. That for you and I in the bucket, for Apple, for League's Cup, and that is Charlotte. Charlotte have a chance right now to ruin the party for everybody, everybody. Charlotte is the Querétaro of Major League Soccer on this side of the bracket. Hmm. They could ruin the fiesta for all. There's a part of me that thinks they will steamroll, like you said, Charlotte. But then there's the other part of me where Charlotte just doesn't give up. Charlotte just doesn't die. Charlotte doesn't roll over. And you saw it against uh, Houston, who should have walked out of there with the win. It should have been over, and in a minute, everything changed. They've got that about them. They have a few players that can do special things. I'm not saying, I'm just saying Charlotte deserves a little bit of credit here.
0: A little bit of respect for our good friends at uh, Charlotte FC, even though we both overwhelmingly took inner miami in that segment. All right, uh, I believe that is all for this edition of Football America's but uh, before we get out of here, let's remind you that there is a uh, Bundesliga game starting games starting next week August 19th. We got Borussia Dortmund against Cologne. That one coverage starting at noon Eastern Time, and it'll be here on ESPN Plus. It'll also be available on ABC. Do not miss it as the Bundesliga season kicks off in just a few more days. And that, Hercules Gomez, will do it for this edition of Football Americas on Thursday, August 10th. Our next show, again, next Tuesday. A Final word to you. you okay yeah, over there? can I complain real
1: quick? Why are there three games at the five o'clock hour? Come on,
0: guys. Please, let's focus on Hercules' schedule. We're well, not for on. the good people. We'll Stagger the, the, game, the games.
1: Bro. Come on. No
0: complaining on Tuesday's edition of Football America, as I promise. He's hurt. I'm Seb. Thanks for watching. We'll see you after the weekend.